amazing what happens to us when we see Jesus for who He is, when we see Him as this love and this light, when we see and sense His presence, we, we actually discover what hope is in that moment. And we're, we're talking about hope this year. It's the year of hope at Living Hope, and we're discovering what hope is. And one of the things hope does is hope inspires. And, and what it does when it inspires, it, it does something not only for us, but it does something to us. It changes the way we see the world, the way we see our life. It changes, um, more than our perspective, even it changes our purpose. And one of the things that, that hope can do, and only hope can do, is it can provide us the belief that there is more than what we can see, more than what we can do, more than what, what we can create on our own, and something that is bigger that we can be a part of. God is inviting us. He's inviting us to join Him and what He can do. He's inviting us to be a part of what is best. And, and there is very little that is better in the life of a person created in the image of God than to be a blessing. To be a blessing. To be a tool in the hand of the Almighty. To be the, the channel with which God's love flows through and impacts another life. And, and only, only those who are generous enjoy the blessing of being a blessing. It's important to understand there's a big difference between giving and being generous. To give requires discipline, and there's a place for that. There are some in our, our congregation and our church family who have yet to learn how to give. And, and they don't give financially, they don't give time, they don't give emotional energy. Some of that is, is because they've not been taught. Some of it is because of disobedience. And there is a place when we have to learn to give, where we have to learn to trust God. And, and that's, that's why we give financially and why we give our time. God doesn't need us, but He wants us. And He wants us to learn to be like Him. And our God is a generous God. And He wants us to be generous, as He is generous to us. Generosity comes from delight. Whereas giving comes from discipline, and there is a place for discipline. Generosity comes from delight, from this overwhelming sense of God's goodness to us and our desire to honor Him and to delight Him with our faith. God delights when we delight in Him. Psalm 37.4, look what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Have you ever wondered why God doesn't give you the desires of your heart? Many times it's because what we delight in is not of God. What does it say in James? James 4.3 You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. God seeks to bless us so that we can be a blessing. Not so that we can hoard and hide the best things that God has to give. Last week we talked about love. We talked about how vital it is, not only to our own existence, but to our world. Today we talk about an outpouring of love. What it looks like when you really do love. When you really do love and you trust God and receive His love and His love pours into your life, there is a generosity that exists. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, and, and today we're going to be in verses 16 through 18. Grace Champion is going to be 
reading this for us. So let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. Grace, won't you come for us? Again, this is 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to be in verses 16 through 18. Grace, if you would read that for us. By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, it closed his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. The Word of God. Thank you, Grace. If you would, go ahead and be seated. Understand, God's resources given to us are meant to be released. Think about what that means for your life for just a moment. That God's resources given to us are meant to be released. God's plan is to work through us. God's plan is to work through the generosity of His people. Many of you know we have a dog. His name is Charlie. He's not the most athletic dog. He's certainly not the most intelligent dog, right? But I will tell you, Charlie is loving and Charlie is generous. We, uh, we don't often share Charlie with the rest of the world because sometimes his generosity can come off a little scary. He's 80 pounds of love. And so we have to restrain him often and we have to hide him, we have to keep him away. But yesterday we thought we'd share him with the world and so we went to a 3K race at Kiriakis Park and we had him on a leash. We had him on a good leash. We had him, what we thought, firmly in hand on a leash. But as the children were running into the end, it gets exciting. Everyone's yelling. Everyone's cheering. And, and we were cheering on the children. And, and then the next thing we know, someone was tapping us saying, hey, your dog's loose. And Charlie was running through the crowds of people. And in his mind, we knew what he was saying. He was saying, I love you. I want to smell you. And that's how he introduces himself to you. He wants to smell you and let you know you're wonderful. And he's just all over people, right? And so we're running after Charlie, and when we get down in the breakdown position, he gets down because he thinks we're playing now. And so he's running all over. We finally, we finally get him down. We apologize to everyone, and everyone laughs. But then I thought, you know what? Here is this bundle of love. Here is this glorious gift that, that we love so much. But so often we restrain him. We hide him at home. And we don't share him with the world. How often do believers do that with the resources that God has given to us? How often do we hide the best things that God has given to us in life? The love of Jesus Christ. Opportunities to show love in tangible ways. And, and we all understand that we are born with a sin nature. We also understand we live in this world where, where there's competition. We understand all of that. And we realize that, and I would say this to you, generosity apart from Christ is impossible. Because even those who give, when they give apart from Christ, they still do it for themselves. They, they still do it for popularity. They, they do it for the pleasure of it, for themselves. But, but when Christ enters into our life, and Christ is our Lord, and we acknowledge that, that all good things come from God, and we know that, it's going to change the way we look at the stuff and the love and the things that God has blessed us with. It will cause us to, to believe, you know what, God has given this for a grand and big purpose. And it's beyond, and it's beyond just me. And it's beyond just my family. God has called us to live by faith with what He's given to us. 
God has called us to live with an eternal mindset in light of what He has given to us. And He's called us to be generous with what He has given to us. To be generous by faith. And when we live by faith, we are free to live hopeful and be helpful. And I put this in your notes. We choose to live hopeful and be helpful when we avoid a scarcity mindset. So easy to fall into a scarcity mindset, but we need not do that. Especially when you consider Ephesians 1 3. Let's see if you got it. Yes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Remember, He blesses us to be a blessing. What has He blessed us with? In Christ Jesus, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, with all of heaven, with all the power and love and resources of heaven. God has blessed us. And why? So that we can hide it? So that we can keep it to ourselves? No. So that we can live by faith. Why don't we live by faith? Is it because we believe the hand of God is too short? Isaiah 59.1 Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that it cannot hear. Are, are we afraid that, that God... That He will not reach out and pour out resources that are needed? Do we believe God's hand so short that He can't provide for us? Do we, do we believe that He won't hear us from heaven when, when we have needs? Or can we choose to live by faith and acknowledge that God is our shepherd? That we read Psalm 23 and we see this not, not just simply as, as something that we get, but something that it sets us free. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When the Lord is your shepherd... You need not fear what happens. You need not fear. You can simply trust Him. doesn't mean that you're not wise. Yes, you have to be wise with, your, with the resources God has given you, with your time and your money and your emotional energy and your intellect. Don't waste it. Don't just throw it in any direction. Point it towards God's kingdom purpose, though. And give it. Be generous with what God has done. Now, understand, yes, we live in a fallen world. And yes, there's going to be seasons of suffering. There will be times when God will seek to train us to trust Him by not providing all that we would want. There are times when, when we go through seasons of even poverty. I remember when Carrie and I were first married, we, we lived on around $14,000 that year. We have never been happier since that first year. I can't wait to go back to those days, Right? We lived in this small apartment. We were working in ministry, going to school. It was a blast. And we couldn't afford anything. I mean, we had to ration gas. We couldn't go far. I mean, it was a hoot. But it was great. And even now, the resources God has given to us, what a joy. Understand, yes, that there are, in our fallen world, that there are limited resources. But listen, there are also abundant resources. And it's in the pockets of many of the people in this building right now. These abundant resources were meant to be passed through us for those who don't have resources, for those who are hurting, who have need. There's a joy in that, friends. And, and many of God's children are missing it. Statistical data tells us that less than 20%, less than 20% of God's people tithe. What a loss of a blessing. Fewer serve. Fewer share their faith and make disciples. What a, what a loss of a blessing. Oh, my friends, if we would just believe what we see in Scripture today. If we would, we, if we would 
possess the very blessing that God wants us to have. It would change everything, but there's some things that we've got to believe. And so let's look at our text, and let's, let's talk about what we've got to believe. Hope is inspired to live generos- generously when we believe what God has done for us. And what has God done for us? By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Jesus gave it all. So all to Him we owe. We sing it, but do we live it? Jesus has given us all. He's given us eternal life. He's given us His presence and His power and His promise that He will never leave us nor forsake us. He guides us in truth that we might be wise. And God's expectation is that we pay it forward. Years ago uh, in Seattle, there was a Starbucks where someone decided that they wanted to be generous and just do something different. And so they paid not only for their coffee at the drive-thru, but the person behind them. Two and a half hours later, the last customer finally went through. They kept doing it over and over again. Not because they had to, but because they wanted to. They would pull up to the window and someone would say, hey, your, your coffee has been paid for. The person in front of you paid for it. And, and without even necessarily knowing all, they would say, well, I'll cover the person behind me. I'll, I'll, pay, I'll pay it forward. That's happened a few times when I've been here in Bowling Green. It's been so much fun to do it to do a drive-through. Uh, it happened for me one time at a Burger King. It was the funniest thing. Someone had, had, had bought uh, ours. I, you know, I'd gotten asked or something. And, and, you know, a Burger King, you may not know. I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I looked in the rearview mirror. I wanted to see, was it, is it a sports car or is it a minivan, right? And, and to my great fear, it was a minivan. But you know what? God provided. And you know what? There is something so thrilling about seeing God do a miracle to provide. You know, so many of God's children have never seen God provide because they've never needed Him to. They've gone into bankruptcy or they've eked out a, a solution. They've, they've, they've done other things to find. But my goodness, what, what a joy it is to see God provide. And please understand when I say pay it forward, I'm not talking about paying God back because you can't. If you're living under the delusion that because now that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you can somehow pay God back, then you've not understood grace. You've not understood it at all. And there's a very good chance that you're not saved. Because grace is God's free gift of salvation received by faith in Christ alone. Alone. There's nothing we could do. Piper in the devotions, uh, uh, Sovereign Joy, look what it says. If grace is to be free which is the very meaning of grace. We cannot view it as something to be repaid. That's in Future Grace by John Piper. Cannot view it as something to be repaid. It's free. It's the very meaning of grace. But when we receive God's grace and we delight in Him, we can't help but delight in being like Him. And what is He like? He's generous. He gives life. He gives Himself. Jesus gave it all. Now all to Him we owe, and we now have the opportunity to be generous in response to what He has done to us. Our generosity is a means to point to God's graciousness to us. It's not a means to point to ourselves. It's a means to point to God's graciousness. So that when someone says, why do you volunteer so much time? Why do you give so much of of your emotional energy? Why is it that that you, you, you give up? a new car, a newer car, or newer furniture, or, or other things, when, when you could be enjoying those things, what, what are you doing those, with those resources? Why would you give those to, to, to such a, a, a thing like the kingdom of God? And you say, because God has been so gracious to me. 
He did not withhold His own Son. Why would I withhold my tithe? Why would I withhold my time? Why would I withhold anything from the God who has given me so much? Why aren't we generous? Second thing. Hope is inspired to live generously when we believe why God has blessed us. And this goes very contrary to a lot of preaching that is on television today. This goes contrary to our very nature to the, and sometimes a, a culture like ours. But if anyone has the word world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? God does not bless us so that we can hide what he has given to us. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. We were eating at this uh, place called Federal's Row. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's in Auburn, and it's this family-style restaurant. We were there with a group of leaders. And what they do is they bring some of the most amazing food, and they bring it to your table, and you're to pass it around and share it. And so we were at a table. I was at the end, and they had passed this food, and it came kind of to the end part where I was, and I'm piling up all this food around me. And it finally got to the point, I was like, my goodness, where am I going to put all this great food? There's no more place on the table. And the guy across from me said, well, you might want to pass it to the table behind you. They're waiting. Looked around. Sure enough, they said, yeah, we were wondering if our pastor was going to be a hoarder or what. It, it was not meant to just sit around me as wonderful as it smelled and as glorious as it was. It was meant to be passed through me. Why does God bless you? Because He loves you, yes. But so that His blessing can pass through you. And hear me. And get to places that you can physically not get to. This week, we have a missionary who is coming into the real life fire of what is happening where East is meeting West, where, and I'm sure you heard in the news about the little boy who drowned, the family that drowned, trying to get out of Islamic persecution into the West. We have missionaries that are right on that line. They're on the front line. And this week they went to an island where, right off of Turkey, where many of the refugees are coming, and from there many of them are dying. And friends, this is a member of our church who's on the front line. And you know why they're there? Because God called them and because we sent them. We found out last week that International Mission Board is going to have to call back between five and 600 families off the field because the church in, the North, in North America is not giving enough money to fund them. We have more than enough. We have more than enough. And what's so amazing about Living Hope, when you, when you and I, when we give to Living Hope, we're giving to places many of us will never go to care for people. We'll, many of us will not meet till heaven. They shared the gospel with many people. They were giving out gospels of John. They saw this, these two men. They grabbed the two gospels of John and said, thank you. They ran back and they huddled up with, with, with groups of people who were there who were trapped on the side, and they began to share the gospel with them. They don't even believe, but they want hope. They shared the, the, the Jesus story electronically. Uh, th- these are not unintelligent people. These are teachers and lawyers and doctors. They're fleeing Muslim persecution. And so they're actually able to use technology. They're watching this film about Jesus. You and I, many of us, we will never have the opportunity to But you know what? When we give, we make sure someone gets there. And the less we give, 
aquilo que ele ama. Think about what you've got. Think about what you really don't need. And think about where those resources could go. I don't know about you, but I want to be in heaven one day, and I want someone to walk up to me and say, you don't know who I am, but because of the generosity of your church, I and my family are here forever with Jesus. I don't know what that would cost. I don't know what that value is to you. But I want it more. I'm hungry. I, 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 wouldn't that be, won't that be glorious? And what's so great about Living Hope is not just... It's not just internationally. It's every time we give, we're impacting lives right here in our city. We're impacting lives in our nation. We're going we're gonna to commission a team going to New York here in just a minute. Why is it? Why has God done this? Why has He given us these resources to flow through us? So that we have the greatest joy. You know what the greatest joy in life is? It's to be a blessing. To be the one God chooses to use. You say, well, I, I don't have very much. Well, I don't either. But you know what? When my little bit and your little bit and somebody's big bit, when it all comes together and God blesses it, He multiplies that. He uses our faith and a heart that is generous that says, God, you've done this for me. How can I not serve? How can I not give that time? How can I not share my faith? How can I not? That's why you gave it. Understand, hope is inspired to live generously when we believe how God lives through us. How does, how does God live through us? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. God loves us in actions, and that's exactly how He expects us to love. With actions. H- how did God love us? Let's remember this. He was in heaven. The second person of the Trinity was in heaven, worshipped by angels, as He should be. But did He stay there? No. Before creation, before sin, He knew what we would do. But He chose before the creation of the world that He Himself would come. He left the comforts of heaven where He was praised and loved to come to a place where He was hated, where He was sought to be killed, where He did miracles and He was mocked, where He came and He gave His life. Because he loved us. He gave up his comfort so that he could be generous with his life so that others could be saved. And why did he do it? For the joy that was set before him, Hebrews says. Because it was a joy to be the blessing. Do you know that joy? Is it yours? See, if you don't know Christ, I know you don't know. You can't know. If you don't know Christ, your life is in your hands along with your eternity. And you've got to figure it out. And there's no peace there. There's only fear. But if you'll receive Christ, you know what will happen? The peace of God that goes beyond understanding will be yours. And the power of God will be at work in your life. And He will change your life. And you can trust in His plan. Let me ask you, some of you who have done this, who have received Christ, would you describe yourself as generous? Would your bank account describe you as generous? Will God one day judge you as generous? There's no reason other than us that we would not be judged generously. The only person keeping me and you 
from being generous is you and me. The only person that is keeping us from being the blessing that God died for us to be is you and me. And so for this to happen, here's what I know has got to happen to me and I know it's got to happen in you. You've got to have faith. You have to believe. And we have to ask God to do a miracle of not only changing our heart, but in some instances where there's not where there's not resources is, is asking God to give you the wisdom to create resources, to work, to provide. But where He does in any form, we must learn to discipline and give and from the discipline of giving then learn to be generous. And I wonder this morning if there are not some who would say, God, teach me to give. Teach me to trust You. I wonder if there aren't some today who need to come and say, God, provide for this need for us, for our family. We're in need. And I wonder if there wouldn't be some today who would say, God, help us to get it as a family of faith here. Help us to get it. That this is bigger than us. It's better than anything we could ever do on our own. That there is a blessing. Help us to engage it and to be the blessing. Would you this morning ask God to make you a blessing? There is nothing greater that God could ever do than to make you a blessing. Ask Him for today. Realizing it's going to require faith and sacrifice, but ask Him to do it. And ask Him to make you willing to do it. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, what a joy it is to know that You have called us to be a part of something far bigger than ourselves. That, that we, we get to be on the front lines of, of being Your hands and Your feet, Your mouth to a world that desperately needs. God, when I talk about this, I know immediately all of us think money and time. But God, you've also given us a stewardship of salvation. Lord God, there are people where we live, work, learn, and play that that are not anchoring their life in hope in Jesus. And because of that, their marriage is failing. Their life is, is empty. And they have no hope. God, I pray that even right now that you're moving the hearts of some of us to say, God, I'm going to leave my comfort and I'm going to, I'm going to begin to share and lead more people to anchor their life in hope in Jesus. And God, I pray that even right now there will be some who will come and pray and say, God, use me to be your hands and your mouth to go and share and show the love of Jesus and to tell people how they can anchor their life in hope in Jesus and to be generous with the love that you've given to us. God, we stand on your word. We stand as your people. May we now, God, humble ourselves and ask you to do that miracle in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.